In the year 2455, on a routine training mission, a team of students is about to discover a life form frozen in time. Wow. They're on their way back. Prepare for Donkey and Power of the Lab. You brought him on board? Everything's under control, man. Hey, you want a beer? Or do you want to smoke some car? Or we can have premarital sex. That comes one of them now. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Right yeah. Right yeah. Yeah. Right yeah. 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 I don't think he's out there. Why don't you just stick your head out and have a peek? What are you high? Hey, you want a beer? You want your machete back? Premarital sex. Shit, it's yours, Kate. You guys might want to run. Guys, it's okay. He just wanted his machete back. What are you high? Who? Welcome to 100 Lunatics, the podcast where we examine horror's legendary icons from birth to death. To death? To inevitable remake. I'm your horror-loving host, Uber Daniel. And with me tonight, fresh out of his cryogenic chamber, is Jonicus Lilu. Welcome to 2014. <laughs> and with him, his sarcastic android NC-17 shameless boobot we affectionately call Nathan. Hello. Oh, that was sad. It's 2001, and it's finally time to follow Jason into space with the 10th installment, 10th installment in the Voorhees saga, Jason X. So we've gone from a drama about a poor boy's mother getting revenge on counselors followed him all the way through what's eight seasons of killing teenagers we've gone to new york we've gone to hell and now we've gone to space is there much ground left to tread i think after this it's just freddy versus jason and then we're done right then it's then it's time for the wheel right daniel that's right this is our last solo jason venture after this we go to freddy versus jason after that, we're on to bigger, better, newer things. Kind of sad, isn't it? Is it? I mean, we're done with Solo Freddy, and now we're going to be done with Solo Jason. It is the end of a long era of which we have been steadily coasting through since September. If by sad you mean the moment I've been waiting for my entire life? No, that will be the end of next week's podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, don't get senioritis on me. <laughs> Bring your A-game, Nate. Nathan. Okay. Hey, you know what? Don't refer to me as Nathan or Boobot during this podcast, because <laughs> I will I will stop talking. What about NC-17? No. NC-17 is a horribly clever, awful... Ugh, don't even do it. See, because what he's trying to do, folks, he's trying to take C-3PO or R2-D2... And use the you know movie rating NC seventeen. It's it's so it's so perfectly clever. He probably thinks he's very proud of himself. But now was it cleverly awful or awfully clever? Mm, barely working. <laughs> it was terrible. Period. End of sentence. Let's move on. Okay. Director of Jason X, James Isaac. What's he known for? Directing? Not really anything. 
special effects, though. He was a part of Cronenberg's... gives a shit? Existence. He played a part in Virtuosity. Who cares what he did? He was project leader on Look Who's Talking 2. I couldn't care less. Look Who's Talking Now is obviously the gem of the trilogy. House 2, Second Story. What? And Gremlins. <sighs> You, you saved his best movie for last. But he was on set. He worked the craft table for training day. Oh, wow. Right. Not as exciting as the director from Jason Goes to Hell, who did originally work on one of the earlier films as a child and then later came to direct one. This one more of a one-off. The writer also kind of a one-off. Uh, the writer wrote My Bloody Valentine remake. He wrote Drive Angry. Oh, that was <sighs> terrible. Right. You watched that? I haven't seen that. I saw 15 minutes of it, and it was just a whole bunch of Nicolas Cage making weird faces, and there was some, like, pool hall barroom shootout, and I turned it off. Mm-hmm. Well, it's nice to know someone that enjoys the newsroom in American Hustle can call shit when he sees shit, because it's, it's hard for someone like that to be able to see shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and to give you an idea of what Sean Cunningham has been doing this entire time... It's waiting. The only reason he came back uh, to do anything at all with Jason when New Line picked it up was to make Freddy vs. Jason. They weren't ready, so he was like, okay, well, let's put Jason Goes to Hell out so that people don't forget about Jason. Is that all he's doing? Isn't he getting some sort of kickback on this? Oh, I'm sure, but still couldn't. He's probably taking a check from someone as well, right? Oh, uh, I'm sure, always. Always. Every time someone buys a copy of Friday the 13th, he gets 25 cents. Right. And so in 2001, still waiting. So he's like, well, we have to put out another Jason movie now because people have forgotten about him again. This time, boom, right into space. There was no alternative (laughs) plots, no alternative anything. Somebody wrote this script, came to him, they okayed it, boom, go. Only... I think six or seven seconds of gore is cut out for the MPAA. So this film is relatively untouched. And sad face, everybody. Kane Hodder's last time as Jason. That is kind of sad. He's easily been the best one. He really wanted to do Freddy versus Jason, and he never gets the chance. Did he die? Is no. Is he dead? He gets he gets supplanted by the guy that he throws over the counter for two seconds and Jason takes Manhattan. Eh. By Ken Kersinger. But it's okay because then Ken Kersinger gets replaced by Derek Mears in the remake oh, and we well, go on I've and got, on. I've got tears just streaming down my face for Kane. Let's go. Come on. Yeah, but Kane is a good he's a good horror guy. He appreciates Ugh. the horror genre. Yeah, so I found out today cares. he has the word kill tattooed inside of his lip. Inside oh, of his great. bottom lip. That's that's excellent. It's for the fans. That's, that's of course. It's inside his lip with an exclamation point. Everybody point. can see it. Okay. Um, the first Jason film with digital gore. First Jason in the twenty first century. I suppose that matters to you know people who enjoy the genre, whether it's digital or whether it's not digital. Uh, Nathan, you might like this. The writer... Is there a difference, though? I mean, you can tell. You can tell with regular, regular special effects like old-school Star Wars versus new-school Star Wars. You can tell when it's CGI'd and when it's digital and when it's not, pretty much. Right, yep. Trained eye can, anyway. Not these, you know, young kids. If we have, like, an 8- or a 10-year-old who's 
you know, parents are irresponsible enough to let them watch these kinds of movies and they're listening to our podcast. If they are, you know, saying, what is he talking about? It's because you're too fucking young to understand. It's because when you look at glossy, shiny, bullshit spaceships in Star Wars, it looks normal to you. It looks normal. But it shouldn't be normal. It should be dirty and greasy and it travels through hyperspace and it's it should be injured should be wounded okay could you stop <sighs> talking down to our fan yeah. jesus <laughs> don't ever get on nathan's lawn jesus did you not notice my connection to daniel's youth just now what with the star wars reference no if you're eight to ten years old and your parents are irresponsible enough to let you watch these kinds of movies mm-hmm. no yeah that was a jab at daniel also a jab at me yeah, you seem yeah, like you were just him. jabbing everything, though. I feel like I got <laughs> lost, much like Jonathan's opinion, in just a okay. sea of jabbing bullshit. Is okay. my opinion lost in a sea okay. of jabbing bullshit? <laughs> Sweep the Star Trek or the Star Wars reference to the side, okay? Now, what my question is, is, is there a visible difference, as there is in Star Wars, between digital gore and you know, makeup gore. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's so much more fun when you see just buckets of red corn syrup being thrown around versus CGI. Yeah, there's the horror genre usually frowns heavily upon digital effects. Really? Yeah. Because I, I didn't mind the gore in this movie. Did you mind the gore in the other movies? Uh, well, some of it looked fake and dumb, but that's just because it was early special effects, not because it was poorly done <laughs> question yeah. mark no I, I kept an eye out for the digital effects in this movie and they're done from they're good done pretty well to bad <laughs> um this movie claims to have the highest body count of all the jason films uh, i disagree there might have be the most people that have died in a jason film but jason most certainly doesn't have the biggest kill count yeah, Jason Voorhees himself, Kane Hodder, says that he kills 28 people in this movie, which is nonsense. And 14 million budget, 16 million return. Ooh. Ooh. Slim. Slim margin. Does, do you have do you have video DVD rental margins on that? No, I'm sure yeah, I'm sure they picked up some on the uh, once it went to DVD, but still, usually the rest of them are like around three million budget with like a twenty million ish return. Mm-hmm. This one is not always great to just you, with a horror movie ranking the or jumping the budget up doesn't really do a whole lot. You still need to have that fun factor there, which I think that this movie does. And Nathan, you might like this. The writer named. Many of the characters in this movie after his EverQuest guild members. As for anyone that doesn't know, uh, Nathan used to be uh, very heavily involved in the EverQuest universe. Hey, involve yourself. Uh, I was also at one time heavily involved in the EverQuest universe. Nerds. Which makes so many of the characters' names in this movie uh, obnoxiously silly. And that's it. That's all I got. Do you guys want to go to the that walkthrough? That is kind of funny, actually. Or do you want to sit around funny. bullshitting with each other and, and, and making jabs? I want to do this walkthrough fast and efficiently. To the walkthrough. To the walkthrough? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Walkthrough. 
<laughs> I kind of like the the kills that are more hands-on, almost without a weapon. You know, it just again shows the power twisting somebody's head and you know until it comes off. <laughs> that takes some strength. Believe me, I've tried it. It's not easy to twist somebody's head off, and the human skull is much more resilient than you think it is and heavier. The, the human head is a heavy piece when you hold it in your hands. Might seem a little bit confusing. Why is Jason stuck in this facility? I thought that he had been dragged down to hell by Muppet hands. We don't know. Chronologically, Freddy versus Jason happens in between Jason Goes to Hell and Jason X. So we're forced to just be okay with this story picking up from somewhere that we're unsure of. Everyone on board? So, Jason was in hell for how long? Not sure. Because we're in 2010 now, right? Yeah, this is 2010 in the movie right now. And Goes to Hell was in what year? Probably right around 2000. So, so he maybe was it's... In, he was in hell for a decade. Let's say. Or who knows? He eventually comes out of hell somehow, right? Teams up with Freddy. They must form some sort of deal in the next movie. I don't remember. Jonathan, get off my back. <laughs> I just want to know the damn timeline. <laughs> okay, anyway. He, Christ, Nathan, you, know, you believe this guy? Jesus. So he's in some Crystal Lake I, research facility. You see my tweets. I hate him. I and, hate him. And in, in this decade, Crystal Lake has put the funding together to build a research facility. This is a podunk, nothing fucking lake town where people are tending to rabbits and there's doomsday sayers walking around willy-nilly. Now they have a fucking high-tech cryogenic research facility. There's been some serious government funding to go into the capture of Jason Voorhees. They have. Well, they, they came to terms. They're like, why are we sending all of our resources out in the middle of Ohio when all this shit takes place right here in New Jersey? Yep. And what are they going to do? They're going to ship them off to Scranton, mm -hmm. which is awesome because in my head immediately, let's have like the office Jason Voorhees crossover and it would be hilarious. Yes. They could all go to a Scranton Wilkes Bar Penguins game. Eh? And my flow has been killed. Okay. They talk about the Scranton Wilkes <laughs> Bar Penguins. There's a tumbleweed going through. <laughs> hey, when I'm talking, you don't interrupt me, okay? Hey, 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 quiet there, tough guy. Hey, quiet there, tough guy. Hey, um, no, in the office, they talk about the. Scranton Wilkes Bar Penguins. It's an American Hockey League team. Um, it feeds the Pittsburgh Penguin franchise with prospects. Hmm. So you're right. Scranton was in Pennsylvania. <laughs> right. So I guess Jason this whole time has been maybe the guard that is watching over Jason has been watching just lots of Houdini and like close up <laughs> magic because Jason is heavily chained to a podium just standing there. Just sort of staring into a big open room where there is one guard that watches him. He must have been there for at least two years, I think. Now, with that eye that just kind of follows everybody through the hockey mask, what emotion Kane Hodder portrays with that one eye? Oh. You could tell that he's just furiously pissed off and kind of scared at the same time. Exactly. Like, he wants to murder everybody, but he wants to know what's going to happen next. You know? Yeah, I'm not saying Oscar. I'm saying Oscar isn't enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying and walk of fame. He never, he never blinks. Right, never blinks. See, 
pure emotion, pure emotional genius. Not a single time in this movie. And after that mini documentary that Jonathan and I watched, uh, where they made a big point about Kane Hodder having the balls to tell directors and writers when they are telling him to do something that Jason just wouldn't do. Yeah. No, Jason wouldn't do that. I'm going to do it this way. Mm -hmm. They're like, we need you to blink. And he's like, no, Jason wouldn't blink. Not after hell. No, Jason wouldn't blink after whoever the fuck it is stabbed something through his other eye. If he (laughs) blinks, he can't see anything. Yes. Now, this is where suddenly Jason's return from hell, it looks like he's returned from hell with some sort of gift. Because David Cronenberg, the man himself, David Cronenberg, comes walking down the hallway with a little posse of military. And he's there to interrupt Rowan's cryogenic project to steal Jason away from this facility to Scranton because Jason's regenerative abilities are just too valuable. Rege- regenerative? Who's who's Rowan? Is that is that Olivia Munn? Yeah, that's the Olivia Munn lookalike. Oh, okay. And so now Jason... Her name is Lexa Doig. Which one's sillier? I have Olivia Munn in my notes. I'm going with that. <laughs> But now Jason can regenerate. Lost and damaged tissue. Too valuable to freeze. David Cronenberg wants him soft. (laughs) And when they go in to check him out, and they lift the blanket off of what is supposed to be a chained up Jason, of course it's not. It is the guard, dead, chained up, first death of the movie. How'd Jason get out? Eh. Eh. He must have been slowly unworking those chains over the last (laughs) two years, and he finally picked his moment. I called it. What did I you call it? Well, when they when Cronenberg came into the room with the soldiers and they walked up to him and he was like, get that rag off their head. I was like, it's the kid. That's what I said. I, was, I said it to myself. There's nobody else in the room, so I can't really verify it. But <clears throat> I did say it. Well, yeah, you saw Jason uh, mark him with that wandering eye. Yeah. I did, and I also just called it. I said, it's the kid, and then it was the kid. And then Jason was behind them, and he killed them all, and um, it was great. And then he somehow made it into the hallway, somehow. I don't know. It looked to me like there's only one door there, but hey, you know. Right, big room, possibly a second entrance. He ends up taking out all the military guys, javelins David Cronenberg through the torso. I, I still don't understand how you guys are hung up on Jason getting out of the chains. We've, we've established he can teleport, right? Yeah, well, come on. Takes yeah, Manhattan. Who cares how he got out of the chains? I called it. I said I called it. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not wowed by that. I called that part. I'm worried. I'm wondering how he got into the hallway. That's my thing. Right. Probably a back door. Right. Must be. The, the movie or the internet wants to count everyone that gets touched by Jason in the scene to be dead. I say no. Some of them barely get more than a smack to the face. Jason follows Rowan out into the hallway. Rowan lures him down to the cryogenic chamber. She's smarter than our average female lead. You think she's just blindly pumping shots from her shotgun into Jason, but she's using it as a way to make him stumble backwards until she uses her trap, a cart full of compressed canisters that she shoots into the blast of air pushes jason the rest of the way into the chamber she locks him in and hits the freezer boom boom done efficient way to go you know why she's so intelligent and so efficient why because she was born in toronto canada 
Oh. I love how that shotgun has no kickback whatsoever for her, but the bullet's impact is so amazing on him. She knows knows how to handle a gun. It's very unrealistic. Well, 2001 movie taking place in 2010 right now. Future bullets. Future bullets. Now, if she had just been smart enough not to get really close to the door and stare at Jason as he's beginning <laughs> his freezing procedure. It's so dumb. She knows he's in there, right? right? She knows the door's closed. She's hit the button. And that metal on that door is like butter. It's like what? It's like butter. It's like one more time. I think the metal on that door is just really like butter. Because <laughs> it slips right through there. He just jams the machete through the door into her stomach. The room recognizes that there's been a breach. It locks itself and just freezes everything inside. I assume that's how all cryogenic chambers work. Happen mm-hmm. in demolition, man, right? Fail safes. Yeah. Now, Nathan, what year do we jump to? Ooh, 2451. Ooh, so close. 2455. 2465. Yes. 2455. 2465. Nonsense. 2455. There is Professor Lowe. He has brought a team of his archaeology class students. I assume archaeology, right? What else are they doing there? Uh, right? This is essentially like a, a like an Egyptian d- desert dig, but just futurized, right? I suppose. 20, They're here. 2465. 2455. I even pointed out to you the moment where they make the contradiction like mistake. Yeah, but when the android says that they've been locked away for 4.55 centuries. Yeah, she's making a mistake. The android made a mistake. Yeah. They all make a mistake at one point. All of them say the I'm wrong thing. Go, I'm going to go with 2465. Mm-hmm. It's only the people saying 2455. It's the robot that says 2465. No, Yeah, I'm going to go with the Android. No. 2465, I'm with you, Jonathan. You guys don't want to take this side. That's fine. As soon as this podcast is over, I'll show you exactly where it says the year is 2455. And everybody else makes 10-year mistakes back and forth, guessing when this bitch was brought back. More like we'll listen to this podcast afterwards, and every time it gets to us saying 2465, it'll be... A recording of you saying 2455 over <laughs> us saying 2465. No, no, no. I'll just pull the clip from the movie where it says <laughs> it and put it right after one of you assholes <laughs> claims it to be true. In the year 2455. That uh, makes my... me feel bad for hockey. Oh, Nathan. What are you talking about? I know, about? Nathan. Oh, you mean because they stopped? Hockey they was stopped outlawed. Hockey. hockey was too violent in 2024, but yet they still obsess about money. Bullshit. Bullshit, Nathan. How do you feel knowing you only have one more decade with hockey? Fucking, you see all those fucking soldiers with their guns and how amped up they are. There's no way hockey would be eliminated. There's no way. Ten more years, Nathan. Yeah, violence belongs in warfare, not sports, Nathan. You got ten mm. years. Whatever. Get they just did it as a as a clever quip because they wanted to muse about the mask, right? That's all it's for. Yes, they did want to muse about the mask because they've busted open this chamber. Jason's there. They sort through a bunch of weird, uh, always present in sci-fi movie tubing, like industrial tubing that's just all over the fucking place. Which wasn't there at all. 
Right. We can only assume that something has fallen, right? Because she was just propped up against the thing when she froze. That's how they should have found her. But they found her buried underneath all this ever-present tubing. And they take a couple of guesses at what his mask might be. Is it a filtration system from the early 20th century? Ooh, the past. But nope, just a hockey mask. Hockey's been outlawed. We learn uh, KM, this woman they keep referring to as KM, is actually an android. Who says it's what year? In the year 2455. Nope. 2465. In the year 2455. You see one little scrawny jerk off in the corner getting himself into obvious trouble. That boy's name is Azrael. (laughs) He's supposed to be like the stoner of the group, right? Right. He's the kid that you you know is going to die just from being stupid. Just because his name is fucking Azrael. Right. (laughs) And he's the one who manages to get his arm chopped off from a frozen, inanimate Jason. And it's not a big deal. No one gives a shit. No one gives a shit. It's the future. Future medicine, Jonathan. Future medicine. <sighs> no. So his ar- they get his arm cut off so that they could show the nanotech regeneration machine. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point, right? Right. And they call them ants. Is that autumn... Autonomous nanotechnology? I feel like I'm hovering around in the ballpark, right? Uh, I think it's called, I think they're called ants because once they zoom in with that microscope, it looks like little ants. Well, that's how you have to do it. You can't just look (laughs) at that swarming silver mass and know that they're doing their job. You have to zoom in a couple (laughs) of times and actually see them pricking their little legs against cells. Isn't that kind of creepy, though? No, I thought it was more like tentacles, right? Hmm. Well, so you you could say autonomous. Nano tentacles. Let's you make your that. own acronym. That's the fun. <laughs> that's the fun in adjacent. Well, that's that's what we're gonna go with. Right. I like ants. Ants. <clears throat> All right. Wait. They're ants long or ants. They're long cumulative chains of nanobots. That's what they are. Nanobots. What's that? What's that? Boobot. It's exciting. Nanobot. Nathan. <laughs> what did I tell you? How about calling me Boobot? Right. You said stick with Nathan. No. Or NC-17, which was awfully okay. clever. All right, you fucking bastards. <laughs> wow. Kind of an interesting scene be, where they... Okay, no, you, you, brought it, you brought it on yourself. Oh, I, was, I, was, I was... You brought this on yourself. Why do you keep interrupting me? Kind of an interesting scene because when they're all like going to back to the ship. You and You're just going to edit him matters. out, right? In the year 2455. <laughs> I can make a point and the background noise is just going to go away. Okay. No. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm not going to stop interrupting you because I don't care about what you have to say. You guys called me Boobot and you brought this on yourselves. Okay. Dead air. No, that's a... Okay, you guys say something? Yeah, I just thought it was cool when they were going back to the ship and they show what Earth looks like. And mm-hmm. Earth yeah. is like the new so Mars. Cool. Right? So cool. Well, with all the recent studying of Mars, it shows that Mars kind of could have looked like Earth a billion there years ago. There was several things in this movie from a sci-fi component that was done surprisingly better than you would have expected it to be done. So That's one of them. That's one of it. The uh, the nanobots uh, is another one, and um, 
I don't know. They just they you could tell that they put some genuine thought into making this a sci-fi movie. Not a lot into the music when they ripped off Predator, but that's okay. Poor well, Manfredini. <laughs> no, yeah, the music in general. Jonathan and I were discussing this earlier. This is a poor old man who did six Jason movies, thought, what am I doing with my life? Took a break from two, realized he wasn't getting much work, started to age a little bit and lose touch with maybe what a modern movie score should sound like. And then get we get Manfredini's Jason Goes to Hell. cock out of your mouth. No, no, but then... Quit paying homage to him as if he had some sort of plight. Yeah. He got paid. He's probably happy to get paid. That's what I mean. This movie kind of signals, you can see the sort of pitiful downfall where this man is too old to have made a score for a science fiction horror movie. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, there's, there's a part of the riff of a part of the score that follows the same um, tones as as Predator, except it doesn't totally rip it off, but there's like a, a portion of it that makes me want the tune to continue in in predators music you know oh it keeps reminding you yeah it reminds me of predators riff and i want it to go the other way but then it goes down a note instead and you're like oh come on that's that's pretty close that's bullshit but some of it's just plain bad if i stole like a handful of scenes from this movie and showed you or had you listen to just the music from it you would think that i was showing you a transition scene from a soap opera from 1989 Mm -hmm. uh I don't know. I, I I kind of... Okay. Do you want me to let the cat out of the bag here? To the walkthrough. <laughs> What's the cat? What's the bag? Um, Why is it in the bag? This is my favorite Jason movie. It is your favorite one? Wow. Yep. I was more entertained by this movie than any of the other Jasons. So you just got suckered by all the CGI, huh? No. I just think this movie actually was entertaining. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. This movie... Uh, gives you a lot of interesting information all at once, keeps the pace like really fast and lots of killing going on and lots of characters to be killed. So there's never much of a space. Uh, And then, like we said already, a lot of the science fiction elements are done rather well considering Considering it's adjacent. The heritage of the franchise. I'm not saying this movie's finding itself on my shelf in any way. It's a Jason movie. It's a horror movie. It's terrible. But I'm saying as far as Jason movies go, I was surprised that I was as engaged as I was. So they saved the best for last. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) It finally reached a point where there was nothing sacred left and all they had to do was just have fun. With the fucking movie. Yeah, that's that's what it was. Like I laughed at a lot of the fun moments in this movie, especially closer to the end when they do all the <laughs> stupid holographic shit with the yeah, it's camper great. girls and oh the very end too is uh is hilarious. The uh-huh. end parts. The very end is hilarious. It's great. Nice cherry on top. Great way to go out. It is. So now we've moved everything back onto the ship the small ship the apache the one that lou the man with the red leather cowboy hat uh drives around and we've taken jason back on board we've taken rowan back on board rowan gets taken to whatever medical bay to be brought back to life and have her cells regenerated jason gets taken off to a lab to be studied yeah dissected right right and professor Lowe puts adrian in charge of studying Jason's body, 
gives her a couple of second years, a couple of lazy second years. All they want to do is fuck each other. Puts them over with her so they can work on Jason. More making out on Jason's corpse. Mm. Like Jason, Jason's yes. dead body has had more people making out on top of it than should ever be allowed. This is true. I didn't even think about that. That's right. Another time when there's just a couple with their bodies pressed up against this corpse going at it. It's totally fine. That's not the funny part, though. The funny part is them being sent back to their room and them having coitus is what awakens Jason from his slumber. Yes. Yeah. But that med student, Adrian, the blonde, she should have had more screen time. Right. Which means Jonathan had the hots for her, right? Is that where we're going with this? What, you mean in her uh, futuristic, torn, terry towel sweater? Eh, I'm just saying, like, of all the girls that lived, you know, we could have killed off one of them to give their screen time to Adrian. Yeah, so you like her. You were probably sitting there when Jason grabbed her from behind and her shirt kept riding up. Yeah, that was an awesome scene. And you were... And Jason went, and sorry, and Jonathan was probably like, a little more, yeah. a little more, Jason. He exactly on, Jason. was doing that. I was. I was like, come on, Kane, come on. Uh, and I'm boobot. Yep. Terrible. Hmm. Well, I, I saw it too. You know, in the back of my head, I was like, you touch those boobs, Kane. You yep. get your grab in while you can. You son of a bitch, you deserve it. <laughs> and, um,. Whole lot of in- introduction to characters, just a whole ship full of buzzing people going around. Uh, the character Adrian, an homage to Adrian King, who plays our leading lady from the original Friday the 13th. Um, what's going on? What, what future? Let's talk about future clothes for a second. I want to talk about future clothing. Uh, not just how silly some of the future clothing looks <laughs> on this ship, especially Waylander's shirt that is just a tank top sweater that a five-year-old has glued strips of faux fur onto in lazy (laughs) circles like it is it's horrendous like that that one girl who it's her shirt i guess is just cut all the way down to her to her hips but it's i I don't i don't understand what it's just a point of that it's a vest loosely held together with like sci-fi metal springs or something like was there anything holding it together like it just seemed glued to her body just enough to cover up her nipples and that's it yeah there was like weird cables or something just very loosely just keeping it from flying completely open but with how loose the cabling was versus where the fabric was on her body you'd still see everything yeah anyone if you just if you were standing next to her free show yeah see i think futuristic um, concepts never get pushed as far as they should. I think everybody in the future, that far in the future, I don't think they would wear clothes. I think they would have holographic hues, you know, and the hues would reflect your mood, you know. Yeah, or it'd be like and, Dune, and you could use it to heat yourself or cool yourself off. Yeah, exactly. It'd be like Dune, where your your clothing you wear has a super practical function to it, like it preserves no. your water. Or it separates, no. or it keeps your body from uh, needing to excrete as much waste as you would otherwise not wearing. No, I don't think it would be anything like Dune. I think it would be exactly how it's portrayed in this movie because the fashion <laughs> industry is still going to go on. There's still money to be made. Yeah, you everyone, can't you can't make a whole lot of money selling 
holographic suits that portray your mood. Because people in the future are going to go live in the middle of the fucking desert with water suits. Shut your face. No. Well, you would have to on Earth 1 because it's been destroyed. And military, they wear really? the same shit. Camo, really? knee guards, I'm, I'm helmets. I'm underground in the Crystal Lake Research Facility with some stores. I was prepared for the end of the world, and I didn't invite you. And so you can stay out in the in the desert in the Mars land with your Fremen suit on, Dune. But doctors and medical people on <laughs> ships, and eh, they just hang out in their pajamas. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, as you would. It always seems like the smartest people in any future movie have the most comfortable clothing. To, to brush up on, on, on the names that we're dealing with here. Um, Janessa, Waylander, Rowan, Azrael, Stoney, Kinsa. Great names. I hate Kinsa. Hmm. She's the one we need to replace with Adrian. Yeah, yeah. Kinsa got now, way too much time. But now I'm seeing all those names hovering above characters in EverQuest. That's exactly mm-hmm. where they came from. And we learn from Kinsa, or from really anybody who's in that room, I don't remember, nor do I care, Jason has a small brain, maybe a huge penis. A mammoth penis. How the fuck does she know what a mammoth is? Mm-mm. She doesn't know what a bike is. It doesn't know what a hockey mask is. But Jason is a very important item from this trip he needs to be handled with care he needs to be studied with care adrian can't have these can't have stony and kinsa fucking making out next to this body so she sends them back to their room they're more than happy to go it seems like all they want to do is just fuck each other anyways yeah they obviously didn't want to be there exactly and uh adrian seriously we get to go come on let's go fuck it's exactly how they act shameless about it Yep. yep. Adrian pulls out Jason's goopy eye. She freezes it in a little liquid uh, nitrogen bath. So we know that that's going to come into play pretty soon. Rowan is, uh, she's woken up. The first thing she does is punch Professor Lowe in the face. Gra- Why not? Grab her chainmail sheet that she's wearing so that we don't get to see her boobs. Kind of, it's kind of sad. Seems like there would have been a great pair of boobs. But we've seen Olivia Munn's boobs. So we can just sort of superimpose right have, have we you can go find no, them right we now haven't really yeah yeah you can look them up on the internet but you can't see them in the movie well wonder what i'll be doing for the next 10 minutes right and right as she's awake she's confused you know what i'd like to do what i'd like to take a crap right on your fucking mask a big old mango a big old mango sized crap And right as Rowan wakes up and she's confused, one of the first things they tell her is that she has been asleep for 445 years. (laughs) And that equals blah, 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 I'm right, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. She's on Grendel. 2465. A class four catamaran transport ship. (laughs) Catamaran. But this... When, uh, when Professor Lowe goes into his office to have a private conversation with that guy Dieter on his little video phone, I love that scene. He just, fight, he he just, just wakes calls, him up. Calls some cranky old, like, black market hustler. Yeah. And the guy could not be any less impressed by the bullshit that he's been woken up for. It's great. He's like, oh, what, you found a fucking body and you reanimated some woman that's 450 years old? This is the future. 
We have reanimated people walking around all over the place. Thousands of them, he claims. But he is extremely interested in Jason Voorhees. In fact, knows Jason Voorhees immediately. Knows that 400 years ago, he killed around 200 people and then just disappeared. That is off the top of his head. And yet, for most of the time Jason was killing these people, no one had any idea who he was. No. Whatever, man. That's what Jason... Everybody knows who Jason is. Come on. Yep. But he's worth definitely worth some money. This guy can definitely hawk Jason's body for some major cash. So that has become priority number one for Professor Lowe. Yeah, he doesn't seem very professional, you know? And I, and I don't trust a professor that has the kind of sex that this professor has. He didn't even really have sex, did he? It was just some extravagant nipple clamp. But that, that was entertaining, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. It Janessa, was, it was funny. Janessa comes in to celebrate with a bottle of champagne and humongous industrial forceps. It looks like forceps. Mm-hmm. And just goes to town on him. Just grabbing that nipple and twisting. And yeah. I yeah. kind of, like, we haven't had a bondage S&M scene in Jason yet. So I'm glad they got this one done, you know? See, I had to turn the volume way up on this movie because um, the copy that I have you know, required the volume to be high for you to hear it. And this scene made me a little uncomfortable. It made me feel like people out in the hallway in my apartment building might be able to hear <laughs> this scene. It's so overly dramatic. Like, oh! oh. <laughs> yeah, you like that? You like that a little bit harder? Yeah. Daddy yeah, wanted harder? Yeah. I like it harder. <laughs> you pass! <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, was, they're kind of half chuckling, half, oh, well, it's a little loud. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there is some transitional uh, continuity going on here because we go right from our nipple play over to Sooneron. That's with a silent T. Is it? Um, testing some nipples on KM. Might as well. She wants to be like everybody else. Mm-hmm. But Sooneron doesn't want her to be like everybody else. He likes her just the way she is, which is with terrifying uh, <laughs> blank breasts with no nipples on them. That's They're how... not terrifying. They look clean. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> all I like need to hear. Super mannequin. smooth. <laughs> yeah. Mannequin, right? It's mannequin style. No, mannequins have nipples. You know what, Jonathan? You fucking look me in the face. I know you can't right now, but pretend you're looking me in the face and say to me that you've never looked at a buxom mannequin dressed in tight clothing in a mall and even for like a a hundredth of a second you know thought it looked attractive go ahead well after i saw the movie mannequin when i was a kid i was doing that at every mall i was like she's gonna come alive and we're gonna have sex and we're gonna play in the mall (laughs) (laughs) who's the guy in that movie in mannequin andrew mccarthy yep Okay. Anyway. And how the woman um, from Mannequin aged so poorly. Fuck that. And I hope she doesn't come to life while I'm touching her here. Yeah. I think this is a very creative way to bring nudity into the movie. It was. I agree. I hadn't seen that before. Yeah, I hadn't seen that before either. That was unique. It was creative. I give it full marks. And hey, hey, we, we have... 
the the kid showing a little appreciation for cunnilingus, huh? That's nice. That's that's true. Richard, Had, yeah. Hadn't seen that before. Yeah, have we have we not had cunnilingus in a Jason movie? I guess not. No. Nope. It never has a chance to really get that far. They're just kind of grope at each other most of the time. Or just a quickie. Right. You know? But it, no nudity. Right, but you know, foreplay. We're seeing foreplay in this movie. We never see that. Mm-hmm. A little bit of foreplay, some kissing, some moaning. Um, and then... I'm getting a lot of pleasant surprise from you guys, too. I don't think that you dislike this movie. I think this is a refreshing Jason movie after being after sludging through countless pitiful efforts. Same shit over and over again. This is refreshing just because it's different. Oh, no but, other reason. If you watched this one first, you'd be like, what the fuck was that? But because we watched nine other pieces of shit before this, and they were pretty much all the same, this is refreshing. <laughs> I Did we mention how cool the death scene is with the Jin... What is her name? Adrian? That's a good death scene. That's exactly what we're getting to. Because now that we are on board the ship, we've got a bunch of futuristic science fiction tools... Uh, around and available to us, we can start getting some really creative deaths mm-hmm. again. Yeah, and and like Nate brought up earlier, he doesn't start coming alive until the kids start having sex. Yep, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. Right when they start getting it on, like, whoosh, like straight up. Yep. Well, no, his it's leg good. twitches a little bit, right? His hand starts moving, and then just immediate sit up as soon as as soon as the cunnilingus starts. It's like, nope, yep. nope. We've gotten into oral That's sex. That's gotta stop right now. Mm-hmm. Time to kill some people. It's good times. And then she goes. He goes over, right? He does his quick, like sneaky, sneaky moves. Adrian looks back a couple times, making sure he's still there. Because she's hearing stuff. She's feeling it. You know, she's feeling it. That itch between her shoulder blades. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hair starts standing she turns up. around. Yep, yep, yep. She, she hears a, a whisper off in the distance from some guy in some living room in some place in some ignorant land saying, please, please don't die. <laughs> I, like, I like you too much. Oh, she's going to die. Not she yet. Sucks. Not, not yet. Not yet. Oh, yeah, like Gladiator, but not yet. Not yet. Not today. Anyway, that's not what he says. He says not yet. I know. <laughs> yeah. Come on. And classic, brutal Kane Hodder, right? Oh, oh. beautiful. Oh, I didn't expect the whole, like, cryogenic face thing. It was great. Yeah. Yep. He throws her up yeah. against a wall first. Then he grabs her by the tits, yeah. cops a feel, gives us all a little mm-hmm. tease, dunks yep. her head right in there. Rises it up. Rises up the shirt until you see, like, you can see the bottom. Right? You can see the bottom shape. Yeah, mm-hmm. bottom bottom boob starts to spill out a little bit, yeah. Yeah, you're just, whoa, 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 whoa. And then, splash, the, touchdown. The best part of that whole little little piece for me was it was totally unnecessary. Like, Kane Hodder did not need to start lifting up her shirt, but he did it for us. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He cares. Jonathan, this is what I picture Jonathan doing after... After the face gets splashed into the water and it freezes and then he picks her back out and shatters her face, you know? No. <laughs> no, I don't. What are you doing? Stop that. What? He's, sl- he's like... slow clapping and jerking off. <laughs> yeah, no, it sounded terrible. It was <laughs> ruined my whole thing. Um, <laughs> no, I pictured him like, you know. After he shatters her face after it's been frozen. Just, oh, well, I don't want to see the tits now. 
See, he ruined it. <laughs> no, he, that's the thing about Jonathan, though, is that he would still want to see the tits then, even then. Ugh, that's terrible. Because mm-hmm. there's no cutaway. Usually we, we would have a cutaway or something, or we wouldn't get to enjoy it. But no, her face is completely frozen. He just curb slams that thing against the corner of the countertop, and her skull shatters. And we get to have a nice big view into that gaping frozen hole that was once her face. Mm-hmm. And then he... The cherry on top, always with Kane, is when he flings their bodies away. Yeah. And Every he, time he just tosses away a lifeless body, it's it's and, like, yeah, Kane hotter. And this one is no different. He just slams it to the ground and kind of takes a deep breath like, ah, good to be back. Yeah. Examines mm-hmm. a new table full of shiny toys, including a future machete. It's like some, it, he's in an autopsy room, right? Basically. It's a fat, it's a, it's a fantastic machete. It's a upgrade it looks sweet it's an uber machete huh? yeah uber machete yeah uber everything's uber yeah and then he goes out into the hallway and he's got a whole fancy ship to explore now yeah it's kind of mm-hmm. fun like watching him look around like where the fuck am i <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's this all i'm getting from from jason as he's walking around and it's like what the fuck i'm not in the woods what what the what Right, he probably thinks that he's still in that research facility. The second yeah, he probably. walks by a window, he's like, "Oh shit, <laughs> what is that?" He doesn't know. He's not smart enough. Oh, yeah, he right. doesn't. It's just a swirling miasma of colors and yeah. noises. He's got he's got amazing stealth abilities and can outthink a whole bunch of Navy SEALs and hide from them and jump them in in the in the dark. But he can't comprehend where he is, and he can't. He's not even smart enough to get a heart on. Otherwise, he wouldn't kill people. With his mammoth penis, he would go around and fuck things. Yep. Right? That's right. right, Daniel? Just pure right. efficient right. killing Boobathan? machine. <laughs> Joe Nathan. <laughs> no, his name's Boobathan. I just decided. <laughs> Boobathan. <laughs> <laughs> but now we learn about Earth 1 and Earth 2. Uh, Professor Lowe brings Rowan some food. He kind of catches her up on what she's been missing out on the last 450 years. And uh, Earth One has been decimated. We kind of get say a, how? We kind of get like a, a one second explanation. No, it just says that the air and soil and water can't sustain life. And that's it. That's all we get. We don't get a how. Right. And now everyone lives on Earth Two, the sequel. Not as good as Earth One. Right. And Janessa is a, a slut. She's just a straight-up future slut, right? Is she? She's the one who fucks the teacher, right? She fucks the teacher, goes immediately from the teacher, and goes to that Sooneron guy and tries to make out with him. Like, immediately afterward. Like, still has the stinky forceps smell on her and goes right into him. And he's not interested because he's in love with the android. He's like, I don't know, your nipples really freak me out. (laughs) What was his line? Like, he doesn't want to be with someone that has bigger balls than him? That's exactly right. Yet he's in love with this android who kicks more ass than anybody else on the ship. Right. Who does what an entire squadron of men cannot do. You know, it seems like that would have been the idea from the beginning, you know? It's like, hey, I can upgrade this android into a killing machine. Instead of wasting all of these human beings' lives, why don't I just go ahead and do that and see what she can do? Exactly. Or bring out a couple of more androids. Or make her truly attractive by putting balls onto her breasts. 
Well, Jason's now found his way to, what, Stony, Right? He goes into the room where Stony and whatever her name are, whatever her name is, just got done having sex. Mm-hmm. Right? Pierces through Stony's stomach with his new future machete. Yeah, as soon as the door opens. Mm-hmm. But what was cool was he grabbed the machete by the blade to finish pulling it through Stony. Yep. So that was okay. nice. It kind of reminded me of getting the dull side of the machete buried in your face in part two. And pushing your handicapped ass down the stairs. Right, because he's so strong. He's like, I don't need a fucking handle. I'll grab by the blade and pull it back out through your torso. And then he's not even done with him. He gets dragged down the hallway as the door closes. And Kinsa's just sitting there with blood on her face like, what the fuck? (laughs) Now, I read that Kinsa was screaming more, not because she was scared in the scene, but because she was told that blood wouldn't get on her face. And she was screaming because the blood was actually burning her eyes. That's great. <laughs> it's especially great because they told her it wasn't going to get on her face, and that's the only place it goes. Yep. It was like a cum shot. It was so precisely in her face. <laughs> that's true. I can't deny it. <laughs> that's exactly what it was like. Yep. And everyone on the ship has already been is already aware that there's an issue. They found Adrian's body. So everyone's already been called down to the lab to, I guess, collect together and formulate some sort of plan. And um, uh, Kinsa comes stumbling down the hallway in her underwear, covered in blood. She's freaking out immediately after uh, the doc- the professor is trying to tell everyone everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jonathan, did you think when they were in the virtual reality simulation room playing their little game that that was real? Because you reacted for a second when those big alien creature came out. You were like, no. Yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? This is. Yeah, no, I didn't get it right at first either. But then once it um, once it exposed itself, it was, I, I thought it looked pretty good. I thought it, the whole thing looked pretty good. No, I, I thought the... at this moment that this movie had just veered totally off course and taking a turn for the even sillier, you know? Like, I just pictured this huge monster in the ship eating Jason, and that's how it would how it would end. Oh, it's Jason versus aliens. That's right. what it is. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's Dallas and Asriel. They're playing a little... Um, he has little, a name? The bald guy? Yeah. And that bald guy is the writer of the movie. Oh, good. Glad he died. And So is that is that what you do when you watch movies jonathan you just throw up your hands when things happen like oh great this is what's gonna happen now pretty much (sighs) oh so now it's gonna be this yep Yep. except when there's a chance for boobs in which you're very quiet and attentive well he usually just says wake me up when there's boobs yeah is that what he says yeah unless they have nipples on them stop taking real notes huh you lying son of a bitch well jonathan has totally given up on what their names are i've given up on names and body count (laughs) <laughs> I've, I've just I'm just done yeah. but this is an interesting Start peeking over at all the notes that Daniel's taken seeing if you can like maybe add a few things he does he's like well Daniel did it so what are no. you writing what no. are you writing now no Daniel's the only person I know that writes in like size 6 font I can't read his shit <laughs> like, oh you write really like his, small his notebook looks like a black page this this is an interesting situation to put Jason into because Jason doesn't fucking know. He's kind of a mongoloid. He doesn't get what simulation of virtual reality is. Kind of a mongoloid. Yeah, he's a little bit smarter in this one. 
I think some of that regeneration has kind of brought it brought his brain back and intelligence with it because his skull seems smaller, his skin looks tighter, he's got some hair. Yeah, he doesn't have the huge brain coming out from behind the mask anymore. Exactly. His eyes are regenerating willy-nilly. And he kills one of the aliens, realizes something might be fucked up. He kills both virtual reality versions of the two characters. So they go ahead and turn the whole game off because they think it's some sort of glitch. Not a glitch. (laughs) And Jason gets a chance to kill them both for real. Yeah, he finally gets the chance to kill the super annoying stoner character by swing dancing with him. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I um, I had four. I had four kills here for this scene. Oh, because you're counting the holograms? Yeah, I had four. (laughs) What did you you have? You can't have them killing the two characters twice. Well, I did. (laughs) That's why. (laughs) All right, fuck it. That's why we don't use your body count. This is because he did kill them. He swing dances Asriel to death, like has already been mentioned, breaks his back, throws him onto the ground, grabs Dallas, smashes his head against the wall a couple of times. I had not initially counted him as dead, but later on, some of those marines go back through and they find both of them dead. So, yep. those and definitely do <clears throat> get counted. You're half right, Nathan. And I read that the stuntman who did Dallas's death scene actually broke his nose oh. in that scene. So, like, the first crack that you see of Jason slamming, slamming Dallas's head up against the wall, where it was nose straight to the wall... That was a real broken nose. Oh, shit. Wonder how apologetic Kane was after that. And with all this death, it's time for a posse. Right? So they all, all the grunts, I think they're called, Yep. run and gather their BFGs. Yes, a BFG does get mentioned. A little shout out to Doom. Why not? Why not? They don't get excessive with it. It's mentioned once in passing and then never mentioned again. Uh, I drew a sad face in my notes at this part, Nathan. Yep. Why? Because of the BFG? Yeah. It was uh. so lazy. You know, come up with anything else to call your guns. Or at least call the gun. show it. If you're going to mention it, show that fucking thing. Yeah. Or just say Bioforce gun. Or big fucking big gun. Big fucking gun, right. Uh, that's inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> and we learn force gun. That's what it stands for. And we learn that Sergeant Brodsky is a good sergeant. He doesn't give a shit about the little conversation that he had with the professor where the professor tried to pay him off for capturing Jason alive. He is good. He's He's a good pick for this role. And he knows better. Mm-hmm. He knows better than to try and capture this fucking monster yeah, alive. Right. Big, strong jaw. I think sergeants should all have large jaws. Well, he is Xerxes from 300. Is he? Yeah, that's where I remember him. Yeah. Imagine him with all that makeup on, speaking in that androgynous seven foot. He was familiar looking. He was looking familiar. That makes a lot of sense. Yep. So fuck taking Jason alive. Kill him till he's dead. Put a bullet in his leg. And we'll tell the doctor we tried. Jason makes his way up to the bioengineering deck. Where the one fat character, Crutch, is hanging out. The lone bioengineer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's only one. 
on this massive ship, right? Because that yeah. tiny ship that they drove, the Apache, from the planet back to the... This is like the mother ship. So this thing is massive. Right. Still only about 25 people on it. And the the posse or the, the squad or the, the grunts end up coming in, saving Crutch's life right at the last second because Jason is right there ready to penetrate. Um, <laughs> no thanks from Crutch either. He just goes right into complaining about all his stuff being broken. Why are these fat scientist guys so pretentious? It's totally ungrateful. Yeah. It's like, oh, you saved my life. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. Thanks. I mean, all my shit's fucked up, but, you know, I'm alive. I can, you know, do it all over again. Jim Isaac's kids were going to school because we were in, in Toronto for so long, and his son brought his class in, and, you know, of course I did the old stay in the jason costume and lean against the wall and pretend i was a dummy so that they could come in and look at the jason dummy that would suddenly move and scare the hell out of them and you know kid went into a fetal position one of them felt a little bad but not really um and uh none of those kids wanted to look at my eyes so that's when i you know you don't like looking at my eyes well how about that you know, walk over in front of them. And I guess I'm a little cruel, but I gotta have some fun too. I always have fun wearing the costume. And this leads into a very quickly played out back to back to back to back deaths extravaganza. Where of all the all, grunts, or all the grunts die one after the other. Um, starting with Sven. Yeah. Okay. So this was the scene where. The director was telling Kane how to how to break Sven's neck, and Kane was just like, "Nah, no. Nah. What if we just do it slower?" Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, director's like, "All right, you just pull him into the corner of the hallway, snap his neck, boom, boom, boom. We're on to the next guy." Kane's like, mm, "Let's slow it down. Let's take at least three or four vertebrae and really make him snap." Then one big one at the end to let you know that he's dead, all thrown to the ground. Then we move on. Got to be the most relaxing death. Right. Right? And if he gets to get, gives them any lip, then he just breaks their nose against a wall. Yeah. I was just thinking all the tension leaving Sven's body. <laughs> so, you know? Oh. It's like a good trip to the chiropractor. Yep. I don't know. I didn't think any of this this whole scene. I didn't think it was uh, filmed that poorly. I mean, it could have been really hokey. And filmed a lot worse than it was. Yeah, so. we, we've seen Jason crack a lot of necks, and this was the best one. Yeah. I'm talking about the okay. whole scene. The like whole that's, thing. that's the problem with you guys, is you want to sit there and jerk off over every single death. But I just want to blanket this whole thing with, this is where he kills all the soldiers. And he kills them all, and it's not really, none of the deaths are that amazing. No, Condor's couple, death was couple, pretty good. Well, a couple people get hung up on the on the spikes or whatever, but I mean... You're talking about the guy that swivels down the down the corkscrew. Yes, Condor. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a good. Yeah, that's a good follow up. It's good. I think it's my favorite of the franchise. Oh really? It's simple. It's not overstated. It uses the environment. It's mature, but also juvenile and fun. It's elegant. It has everything you want in a Jason death, and even Jason admires it. He stops and cocks his head and watches him spin all the way to the base of that screw and then moves on. You know what that, uh, what that reminded no. me of? I think I still like the one where he, where he kills that 
girl inside the house, and then she flops over the windowsill. <laughs> Drags her back in. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the scene of Condor's death, it just reminded me of the, the whole, Tad? <laughs> Tad? Uh, Tad? Oh, no, no, no. Where's no. the damn corkscrew? <laughs> <laughs> the corkscrew. Okay, so yes, Gecko gets a mediocre throat slitting. Yeah. She does get to stumble around for a little bit, though, and kind of pour blood out and choke on it. Yeah, so, what's wrong with that? I mean, it seems like they're doing. They're. It seems like they're doing some of the lazy deaths that they, the lazy killings that they've done in previous installments. But they expanded a little bit. You know, like the neck cracking. They mm-hmm. expanded that a little bit. The the lazy throat slit. They expand that a little bit, so you see them choke on their blood. Hey, I credit due. Yeah, I mean, I give them credit for that. But I mean, come on. Like we've had a guy of, like twirl down a corkscrew. Like, you go from the corkscrew death to just a lazy throat slit. Right. We don't want to blow your load all at once, because after the throat slit, then we cut a guy completely in half. Kicker gets his Mm, legs cut off. Yeah, the torso drag. That was nice. And then we go from the cool cut in half to just seeing Briggs pierced on some space anchor. That's the most awful part of this movie. See? What? Is when the sergeant gets... Spiked from behind. Or you're talking about a different guy, right? Yeah, we were, we we're talking about. Yeah, it it shows this one chick Briggs is dead because oh, she got Briggs. hung on a hook, but we didn't What's get the to see. What's the sergeant's name? I got them confused. Uh, Sergeant Brodsky. Brodsky and Briggs. See, anybody could have done it. Okay, continue. <laughs> continue. Briggs. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was okay. He just he just launched her up onto a spike. That was okay. I was okay with that. Yep. But then we were... And then Corkscrew Guy right after that, right? Uh, Corkscrew Guy already happened. Next is when uh, Jason punches through the wall and grabs the sergeant. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Terrible. Terrible one-liners. I don't even want to talk (laughs) about this part. This part was offensive. Takes more than a poke in the ribs. (laughs) Yeah, that'll do it. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Awful. Awful. Yes, Jason stabs him once through. He claims that that's not enough to take him down. Gives him a second stab through. Uh, Okay, that'll do it. And this was what I said right after that. Really? Really? Hmm. You're stealing my lines, Nathan. You were you were doing so good. You were doing so good up until now. And you just you gotta put a cherry on top for the scene so you do a cheesy one liner. Reminds me of uh like Joss Whedon Serenity type crap, you know, where they're where they're you know, the ship is the spaceship is crashing and the pilot has to make some sort of quippy remark in the midst of the stressful situation makes me want to punch the television screen well yeah that was like what's her name the the slut that had sex with the teacher janessa yeah just quippy bitchy lines throughout the entire fucking movie oh she is even when jason's right in front of them she's still cracking jokes yeah yeah i found that a little bit offensive yeah yeah it reminds me of joss whedon Mm, he he probably would write that in but he would counter that by having jason not be anywhere near as threatening or scary I had a small conversation with Jonathan before the podcast about do we credit deaths to Jason where Jason's not directly involved, but he sort of set some events into motion that cause a bunch of death? Yes. Okay, because if that applies, then this body count jumps up into like five or six digits. Because yes. maybe more. Yes. Because Professor Lowe, he's he's... They realize all the grunts are dead. Sergeant Brodsky is assumed dead. 
Uh, he's trying to convince everyone that it's not his fault. He tried to warn them to just say to just stay put in this room until they got to Solaris, this research space station, this huge operating space station. Is it space- huge? Well, it's full. It's got a couple of skyscraper buildings on it. It's got a big, like, domed area in the middle. Okay, so we're providing scope to how large this fucking ship is then. This ship is about the size of a skyscraper, it looks like. Bigger than that. It was the size of the damn dome. Mm Mm-hmm. And the reason I bring this up is because Lou, the guy piloting this uh, Grendel uh, Stage 4 catamaran (laughs) transport ship... Uh, he's brought them out of warp speed. They're getting ready to come in and dock with Solaris. They're exchanging information over uh, radio. Over the radio. There you go. I almost. Think. Who remembers these old four hundred year old words? <laughs> and Jason. It's a bike. And Jason comes in, and we don't see it at that moment, but later we get it. He completely eviscerates Lou. Yeah, limbs everywhere. Yep, displays them open, entrails everywhere. So now the ship is unpiloted. And heading directly into Solaris, and that's exactly what happens. They they just crash, and they crash through the whole space station. Yeah, the 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 ship just destroys the city. Right, it's crashing through skyscrapers. It destroys the dome. The dome probably housed a shitload of people, and now it's open to outer space, so they're all getting sucked out and dying. Right, just thousands of children's bodies from, like, the local space station daycare center just frozen, floating in space. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Man, I should have paid attention during this scene. <laughs> you guys are talking about all this crazy shit that happened? I was making craft dinner. Yeah. I was like, I heard it in the background, like... Blah, blah, pull up, pull up the ship. Because the pilot, that cow, I, I saw the cowboy get killed. That made me happy. <laughs> He's so lonely, <laughs> though. Fucking cowboy pilot got murdered. It's always a cowboy a pilot. Mess. Isn't it? I know. It, always a cowboy. I, know, I, was, I was thinking about that when I watched that. I was thinking, man, is it always a cowboy pilot? Or is it always like space station, underwater station, somebody's wearing a cowboy hat? I think it's the latter. Because I don't think it's always a pilot that's wearing a cowboy hat. It's somebody. It's like the mechanic. It's the, or... it's the pilot. It's usually somebody. Maybe uh... Like, okay, the Abyss underwater station. The black chick is wearing a cowboy hat. She's more of a, you know, just one of the, the crew. Yep. And all their rhyming jargon that they <laughs> give each other on their checklists when they get ready to lock them and stock them. <laughs> Flock them and block them. <laughs> Got them jammed and slammed. <laughs> Gotta kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. <laughs> exactly. The most egregious uh, example of that that I can think of is in Event Horizon. In Event Horizon, when Lawrence Fishburne is hanging in his little dangly fetus chair and he's telling everybody to get the stuff ready, he says like four or five of them in a row. It's amazing. Slam them and jam them. Lock them and stock them. Blip them and stip them. Rape them and grape them. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> To the walkthrough. <laughs> right. And if usually it's a single person that gets exposed to a jump scare in a horror movie. But this time we get an entire room full of people exposed to a jump scare. Because everyone that's left is huddled in this small little lab. They're all thinking that Jason's at the door getting ready to burst in. Instead, Jason bursts in the huge window, window. Yeah, I don't... that none of them are paying attention to and sends them all scattering. 
all of them except for Professor Lowe, who somehow gets left behind and tries to bumble and negotiate his way out of his out of getting killed by Jason. Hell yeah. I mean, you've got Jason Voorhees coming in. Might as well bargain with him, right? Because Jason's motivated by money. Right. I'll give you all the money you need. And for a second, Professor Lowe thinks that he might get away. Yeah. I, I love when he hops on the, the intercom. He's like, it's okay, guys. It's okay. He, he just wanted his machete. <laughs> yeah. He just wanted his machete back. It's fine. He delivers that line so well and so innocently that I really wanted something violently gruesome to happen to him but it's all we hear is a scream from across the hall was it across the hall or was he still on the intercom maybe maybe it was the intercom yeah they they just hear a scream from a different room yeah and later you just get a taste of what happened to him yeah what do you have next because i just have guy makes out with android yeah that's what it is there's sooner on Oh right, they're they're trying to discuss like the probability they have of of survival, right? It's, yes, and it's twelve percent, and Sudaron is pissed that this number cannot be higher. But all it takes is making out with the android, and suddenly it's up to fifty three percent. Yeah, like the android was going to help a little bit, you know, but now that Sudaron has made out with her. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to help out a little bit more. I thought and, the same thing. And it's like, what can I do to get this to 100%? And the android leans into Sunron. This is not a fucking android, right? This is a, it's a monster. It's a nippleless monster. <laughs> it's a nippleless monster. But no, th- you're right. That's what I thought too, is that until she got a little bit emotionally invested, she didn't give all that much care about the rest of these human beings on nope. board. She was, she was going to try maybe, but not go out of her way. Suddenly things have changed. But then I thought, wait, she's not more invested in caring more. I think she just upped him up the priority list and knocked a couple of the rest of them off the list entirely. So she's like, yeah, I don't have to drag those couple of sluts around. We can get out of here real quick. (laughs) That's a good point. Like, if it's just the android and and that guy, yeah, no problem. We can do it. But Mm -hmm. with with all these people, eh. Yeah, and Crutch and Wayland, Waylander... They call him Waylander, Wayland, and Way. And Crutch and Waylander are running around trying to get the escape ship working, or I kind of got confused in this part. There's The ship that they're in has been damaged because they destroyed a space station with it. Right. So now they're trying to figure out an escape pod, pod thing. And Crutch goes to try and uh, get the pilot deck reworking or whatever, and he brings up the Microsoft Wars. Yeah. <laughs> or the Microsoft conflict where people were beating each other with their own limbs. What the fuck happened? Terrifying. First hockey, then Microsoft. The Microsoft Wars. Why do you keep bringing up hockey? Because <laughs> the future is a terrible place, Nathan. No, it's because he's trying. No, because he's trying to piss me off. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to get a rise out of me. <sighs> Not everything is about you, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> It is right now. I can tell what you're fucking doing, little bitch. <laughs> oh, and we've got uh, Olivia Munn looking for survivors by herself, right? Mm-hmm. With if you a, if by Olivia Munn you mean Lexi Doig, yeah, Rowan Lex Lexa Doig. Sorry. Yeah, so Olivia's looking for survivors by herself, and she's from 455 years ago. But now she has this weapon that she instantly knows how to use. And it's like has, riding a bike. 
and has the only plan on the ship on how to save the ship. Well, it's a heated moment. Adrenaline's coursing through your veins. You just you just operate. You just execute at that level. Come on. Yeah, but place yourself 450 years in the future on a spaceship that you have no idea how fucking anything works. I'm not going to place my... I'm not going to do what you tell me to do. I'm oh, going to place Christ. myself 400 years in the future. How can I do that? I have no <laughs> idea what the future looks like. <laughs> Idiot. Wayland has gone off to see... <laughs> Wayland has gone... To check out what Rowan has found. Rowan has found a still alive Sergeant Brodsky. Right? That second one didn't quite get him. And now that Waylander's gone, Crutch is by himself. Jason comes in, kills Crutch by electrocuting him. Yeah, but we got to see Dr. Lowe's head, right? Yes. Dr. Lowe's decapitated head that Jason wanted to play with a little bit. And Crutch was like, oh, hey, Dr. Lowe. Oh, God. Exactly. <laughs> Because he misses it. He doesn't have his little, like, death shack out in the woods anymore. He has no place where he can decorate with the body parts. He's got no death tree. Yeah, there's no Voorhees <laughs> family tree. So all he can do is just walk around with this head. You know? But it's not that weird because uh, what's-his-face ends up walking around with the head later. So Jason slaughters the bioengineer, assumingly the same way he slaughtered the pilot that was sitting in that exact same chair. Oh, he electrocutes him. He throws him into a bunch of oh. circuitry and bullshit, smears his face around a little bit. Oh, right, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, here is where KM gets her little upload. Okay, Jason is hunting them down. The remaining survivors think that they've been cornered. They don't really have any weapons or anything. Out comes Sooneron with KM. KM has been uploaded. I guess he's been off making out with her and making her stronger. <laughs> oh, we've also got What's-Her-Face in the escape pod, right? Yes. Yeah, where is that? So What's-Her-Face is in the escape pod on the other side of the door that they're all trying to get through to all get into the escape pod. That's And what she's freaking out, and she won't open it, and they're begging her to open it. She's like, no. Dumb bitch. That should have been Adrian. Adrian would have been all over that. Like, yeah, I'm going to push this button. We're all going to go through the fucking portal. We're getting the fuck out of here. Yep. And she doesn't even do it properly. After all that freaking out and shutting them out and not allowing them to escape with her, she goes ahead and takes off in the escape pod while it's still attached to the mothership. Just blows herself up. (laughs) Blows herself up. What a (laughs) dumb bitch. You can't even, like... Like, that one you can't even indirectly give to Jason. Right. She just killed herself. Yep. Uh, no, that's, that's a part of it. She was getting off of the space station because she was trying to get away from him. Right. But there's a heavy fear of him created that death. And you can argue that all of Jason's death are created out of fear of Jason. Yeah, yeah. One one bullshitter. It affects how they run. It affects how they stumble over rocks. It gives way to countless tropes. And I'm simply not going to move on from this scene until you accept it as a part of the body count. No, no. One bullshitter to another. That's a respectable line of ridiculous logic. (laughs) (laughs) But her... The heavy hand of her stupidity here is so thick. I feel like even Jason would be like, I can't really claim that one. Yeah. You know what? If she had just left that pod bay door closed and just hung out in in the little escape pod, she would have been fine. Right? But guys, this is Android versus Joyce Joyson. I cannot nail his name for the life of me lately. 
Android versus Jason fight scene. <laughs> kind of a Godzilla, Mechagodzilla feel to it. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you think that it all gets fumbled right at the beginning. Right, because she comes out, she's been uploaded. They make a big deal out of it. Jason throws his machete into her stomach, and then she just slumps over and goes to sleep. It's like, oh uh, fuck! Really? <laughs> I would have been okay actually if they had just gone that direction. Mm-hmm. That that would have been hilarious. They should have kept it that way. It was the equivalent of Harrison Ford shooting no, the, no, the swordsman in Indiana Jones. Don't you dare! Don't you dare bring Indiana Jones into this. You don't talk about Indiana Jones and relate it to a horror movie. No, it was a perfect comparison. She came out, swung her big fancy sword around in circles and did some karate kicks, and he just lifted his gun and shot her, basically. Absolute nonsense. Shut your mouth before I become violently angry. I mean... And my fear causes you to scramble (laughs) and trip over the microphone and wrap up your neck in the cord of the microphone and accidentally strangle yourself to death. It's just a trick, though. She's lured Jason in close to her. Now we go through some fast-forward acrobatics. Well, she turns into the other chick with the one-liners. Like, she has her own little, like, sassy shit that she's throwing out at Jason that is kind of annoying at the same time. She she downloads sass.exe, really gives it to Jason. But it's did weird. You just, did you just fucking say that? I sure did. Yeah. She would no. have to download some She's sort like, of emotion she, file. She downloads. Can we get that one more time? Sass.exe? Sass.exe. Because it's that. Hey, folks. That's because sassiness can just be an executable file in a computer program. Well, look. Jason comes to retrieve his machete from her body. She looks up and he's like, gotcha. Come on, sucker. Yeah. I thought it was good. Did you? There's She's there to save the day. She's, there's acrobatics. There's karate. There's lots and lots of bullets. There's gun dancing. There's a lot of fast forwarding. There is weird fast forwarding. Why do they do that? It gives it that whole Benny Hill look. The great part is when Sergeant Brodsky tries to chime in and help a little bit he just kind of like jumps onto jason and stabs him and jason just flings him to the ground and he's like yeah. oh yeah i'm barely i'm really horribly injured now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the android's like yeah i got this thanks yeah and finally someone has the wherewithal and it's an android to use the fast firing bullets as like a saw mm-hmm. right she saws his arm off she saws both of his legs off. Well, she started using like some shotgun thing at that point to blow his leg off. Mm. And she, through all this, she's knocking him back into this medical bay. He falls onto this broken down table, no arm, no legs. And then she gives him one like a rocket launcher or some shit. I guess. Something to his face, which blows his head clean off. And being an android, you'd figure maybe she'd be smarter than to knock him onto the medical bay. It all seemed really broken. I don't. I guess they didn't think they had anything to worry about, and now he's just a carcass, a putrid carcass. Celebration! Yay! It's over. Mm-hmm. Everyone comes in, makes their one-liner jokes at his body, and then they go into the room right next door to mm-hmm. formulate a new plan. Mm-hmm. All the while, Brodsky is being healed, and since they can't get a escape ship working, I, they want to separate. Like the ship is in two parts, and they want to separate the part that's been broken with the hole leak in it from the 
working part. This is where Rowan has her idea from 400 years ago to go ahead and blow the walkways that connect the two pieces of the ship together and separate the bad half from the good half. And everyone's like, oh, all right, yeah, that'll work. We have these lockers. Classic Star Trek. That's that saucer section separation. It it is. It's also Event Horizon. It's the exact same thing they do there. You know what? Why don't you keep ruining that movie? I haven't seen it. You keep telling me scenes from this movie. What if what if the wheel lands on it? Huh? This could be seen as a as a desecration and violation of the wheel right now. You blabber mouthing about Event Horizon. I will take this wheel and turn it around and head straight home. <laughs> Watch. Wheel lands on Event Horizon and Jason uh, and uh, Daniel won't be able to shut up about Jason X. <laughs> Remember Jason X? Jason X ripoff. <laughs> no, he'll just apologize to the wheel by editing out all of the overzealous talking. Yeah, if you guys ever bother to listen to the edited versions of these podcasts, it sounds like I just hang out with two idiots and berate them and just make a bunch of great points. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Perfect critique. <laughs> but anyway. Wow. Wow. So anyway, someone has so finally that's what heard the distress beacon. Huh? Finally. So there's some rescue ship coming, but it's going to be there in 45 minutes. And they only have 30 minutes. Because the hull is being torn to shit and the ship's dying. Right. It was funny, too, because uh, what was his name? Uh, Wade. What? Waylander. Waylander. He was like, well, if it's going to take you 45 minutes, we're going to be dead in 30, so fuck it. You know, just it doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. And the other girl's like, no, 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 please, I'm selfish. Save me and everyone. Yeah, don't listen to him. He's an idiot. So um, that's when they start trying to blow up parts of the ship. Yeah, they take these cartoonish bombs that look like some sort of board game for now, kids. Did you guys ever play GoldenEye on Nintendo 64? Yeah. Okay, you know the proximity mines? Yeah. That's what they're putting all over the ship yeah with no rhyme or reason sometimes they put two right next to each other other times they sp- they spread them out yeah. um gets the job done just the same right and while this while they're all going and doing that the little machine in the medical room where jason's carcass is has sprung back to life how it has recognized some sort of hurt organic being and so the whole room powers itself back on well, that's what it does it just fixes uh hurt people and damage cells right you know, no it's the nanotech is is reacting out of fear <laughs> from jason's corpse the fear drives all things are you putting the, you the nanotech attention? software on your body count yeah why not sure you know okay look the how only many nanotechs it, were sacrificed <laughs> to heal him that's the question billions. you'd have to go back you have to go back to the scene. You have to go back to the scene and count them all up. The only way that I'll believe this is because a room 455 years ago reacted to a machete going through a door and immediately froze the entire room. So now we have a nanotech regeneration bay reacting to organic material powering up and beginning. Yes, and it I, needs... I guess. It seems like the machine needs a supply of short of raw organic material with which to fix these wounds with. And since it doesn't have that, 
It sends the little machine nanobots out to find non-organic material with which to replace those body parts. And so when they all have finished putting the bombs up everywhere and they've come back to the place where Jason's carcass was to regroup and talk over their plan, Uber Jason is waiting for them. All spiff and span, super sci-fi, future Uber Jason, shiny mask, shiny arm, metal everything, and much stronger, but still as gross-looking skin. Yeah. And red eyes. Wonder why? Why the red eyes? Anyway. Maybe he has, like, predator vision now? Hey, maybe. Well, he's just, he's, he's jacked up. He's jacked. Definitely jacked. So now you can see the anger in Jason through his eyes? They're like mood Plus rings. Probably, you know what it is? It probably doesn't have, um, you know, normally he would have been, he would have had a whole bunch of swamp water, lake water, just a, a lot of, a lot of different substances kind of all over, you know, it's, are, it's, it's probably too clean. Are you, you know? saying this Jason a, needs Visine? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying he's, it's a brand new eyeball, you know, it's like a baby coming out of a womb. He needs. It's, it's going to, it's going to cry. It's going to have a little spaz. Well, eyes it'll eventually turn red. blue. Oh, yeah. No, the eyes will figure themselves out. They're just like, holy shit, we're, you know, we're brand new eyes. Oh, my God. This is, we're looking at things. This is crazy, right? There you go. Yep. Uh, while Uber Jason has been being fixed, uh, Sergeant Brodsky has also been fixed. Mm-hmm. So no longer has to worry about his gut wounds. And when Uber Jason arrives, Suddenly, KM's uploaded fancy badass program is a pitiful, pathetic piece of shit program. Well, it's Uber Jason. Exactly. Yep. She gives a couple of... 2.0. Desperate kicks to his metal face, does no damage, and he just punches her head clean off her body. It's like Boobathon Zilla, right? Right. Am I right? High five. High five. There you go. And Waylon gets his chance to prove his worth... By letting everybody else escape, allowing himself to be trapped in the hallway where they've set all these bombs up, and he goes ahead and sacrifices himself, blows the hallway up, separates the good part of the ship from the bad part of the ship, and now him and Jason are just floating around in space. Way to go, Waylon. Way to martyr yourself. Yes. And I would like to take this opportunity, speaking of Waylon, a black gentleman, we're at Jason X. We've finished off the Kruger saga we are now finishing off the Voorhees saga we can just go ahead and say that between these two franchises the minority dies first trope is non-existent right oh yeah yeah That's, it, you can pretty much make that assessment we've seen 17 movies at this point 18 movies at this point yeah and in only one of them does the black character die first is that that freddy one or it, the chick the student Yes, it's the Freddy one, and I yeah. don't think once is enough to constitute a pattern. No. Nope. In fact, can't we say that the trope is the white person dies first? Yes. I would say... Can we say that this is, this is, since this is Black History Month, that a lot of these stereotypes are blown out of proportion? Yeah, I feel like it's being... I would have thought that in the two main slasher franchises is where this trope would have been born. Mm-hmm. But I guess not. Nope. So we have to pay attention to when things pop up on the wheel to see if this is just mm-hmm. something that's been blown out of proportion completely across the yeah. genre or if yeah, it just we'll, exists what elsewhere. What we'll say is that this is an ongoing debate and we are not bringing it to a conclusion, but we are making the ignorant assumption that it's wrong. 
and that all other stereotypical things regarding black people are also wrong. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, therefore, inferior genetically. <laughs> and hey, in celebration of Black History Month, hey, Jason X, Malcolm X. Yes. Come on. Have oh, we not shit. made that connection yet? Right, but but if anything, look, this he's the hero here. Sergeant Brodsky is a black guy. He's a hero. In the last Jason movie, the hero was a bounty hunter named Cretan Duke. <laughs> like... He wasn't a hero. He wasn't a hero, but, I mean, he didn't die first. He was a main part of the movie. He had an important role. Not seeing it. That's all I'm saying. I realize now that the longer I continue to harp on it, the more racist I seem. (laughs) Yeah, this has been incredibly racist for a while. Like, like when Jason... What else do they want? Like, when Jason takes Manhattan, we all assume that one guy died. Yes. (laughs) Why did we think he died? Because he couldn't swim. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yep. There's the cherry on top of the racist cupcake. <laughs> there you go. Tia rescue vessel hooks up with the Grendel, shoots out its little sci-fi escape tube for them. Um, uh, they have to send... They can't get the escape hatch open to get into the tube to get into the rescue vessel Tiamat. So they have to send Sergeant Brodsky outside in a spacesuit to float around and see if he can fix the problem from out there. Wait, 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 hold on. Did you just totally bypass Jason punching a hole in the side of whatever part of the ship that they were in? No, that's that's right now. Oh, is that right now? Yeah, he sends him outside yeah, to he fix. He goes th- outside after him. Yeah, and then and Jason Brodsky sacrifices himself and takes him into the atmosphere. Where the fuck are you, Jonathan? Well, sorry, Boobathan. That's oh. too far ahead. Yeah, no, I'm talking about the slut dying. Yeah, that's right here. The guy goes outside to fix the hatch. What's, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Did you fall asleep in this part? <laughs> yes. It was kind of a cool death. I thought we were at the end. I was all excited. We are, we're no actually way. very close to the end. We're yeah. way ahead of schedule. But, okay. uh, yeah, Brodsky goes outside to see if he can fix the issue in his little spacesuit, fly around. Jason punches a hole into the side of the hole, causing a vacuum. I'm sorry, he punches a hole in the side of the what? A hole in the side of the hole. <laughs> okay. Causing a terrifying vacuum. Uh, and everyone goes into one of those grab onto the floor, grab on anything you can modes, where mm-hmm. their feet are being pulled up in the air. The vacuum is so strong. doesn't look like the Janessa's going to make it. Oh, that's her name. Janessa. I've been doing my best to avoid the names in this movie. It's like Vanessa with a J. Yeah. That's how someone playing EverQuest would think. They'd be like, how could I make my name Vanessa sound more exotic? Janessa. Waylander, exactly. As if being pulled through the little hole in the hole <laughs> wasn't gruesome enough, they, a little grate gets pulled up against the hole, and then Janessa gets pulled through the grate, out through the hole, we don't get to see it. They just show us some goop hanging from the grate. Mm-hmm. But that's how she went. Yep. I wish we had seen that. That would have been maybe better than the corkscrew. You did get to see some of it. You had to see like the entrails. No, but I want to see her her body get sucked through the grate. Yeah, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know if you could do that digitally and have it look good in 2001. <laughs> that's true. When did... Alien Resurrection come out because they did a great job in that exact same scenario. I don't, I can't imagine Resurrection came out later than 2001. Right, it's probably around there. Um, Jason completely punches his way back onto the ship (laughs) and 
the only thing that they can do now, since they're so few in number and they're scattered, is to try and trick Jason. And this is, I'm assuming, Nathan's favorite part, right? Sunaran goes ahead and hooks up KM's brain to the computer system and... Downloads the executable file. <laughs> downloads sass.exe. No, it downloads a complete 450-year-old summer camp program. Yeah, he said it was downloading uh, yeah. like a summer camp from the 80s. There we go. This is my favorite part. Yes. Do it. Yes, yes, we know. He gets into the hologram thing. He's back in Crystal Lake. Little little nostalgia. Exactly. He's home. Got some got yeah. some campers, some two hot chicks. They take off their clothes right off the bat. Hey, le- hey, you want to have you want to have unprotected sex? Boom. <laughs> clothes come off. Not just unprotected. They get into their sleeping bags. Like, hey. Come and swing our sleeping bags around and kill us. It was so great. You see Jason just like repeatedly slamming one sleeping bag onto the one on the ground. And they're making noises. Like the best. This is the best part. It's it's like they're holograms that knew it was coming and they're okay with it. It's great. Oh, they're so eager. They're like they're they're getting into their sleeping bags. Yeah, they're getting the sleeping bag, like, come on, throw us around and kill us. (laughs) <laughs> like great. smiling and laughing at him as he as he approaches their sleeping bags. Remember? And he just it's it's like it's it's like a satisfaction that you get to have after only seeing for those of us that don't have the special feature extended scene blah blah blahs from the previous movie where he did the sleeping bag maneuver. You only get to see one whack and you just wish that you would have been able to see multiple whackings. And here it is. Multiple whackings. Multiple whackings with the sleeping bag. And it's just, ah, uh, it's like you get to relive that desire. And it's wonderful. Yeah, this scene was almost as satisfying for me as when Joey died. Almost. It is. Joey. Joey from uh, part five. You know, oh. the, the big fat kid with the chocolate all over his face. Oh, yeah, that was good. (laughs) (laughs) That guy that was chopping wood, right? Is that it? Yep. Yeah, he just turns around and just murders him. (laughs) That was beautiful. Very satisfying. That's probably, actually, that could be my favorite death scene. And they complete the homage by him giving her one last death blow against the tree. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. It's great. Before just dropping her and walking off. I don't don't really like homages, but this was beautifully done. It was so awesomely executed. It was. It was a good idea. It played out well. It was a great shout out to fans without being too a uh, fanboy suck dicky. Right. But you know, I much prefer fanboy suck dicky over like Wes Craven's suck itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wes Craven's a fucking loser. Yeah. I fucking hate Wes Craven. I'd rather get annoyed by how badly you were trying to suck my dick. Right. Instead of you forcing my head down into your lap. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good analogy. You know what I think about when you say things like that? I think about that great scene from True Lies. Go on. Where he, like, where, where he takes all the resources of the special agency to follow his wife around. Oh, yeah. And the helicopter comes up over the thing, and they're just like, oh, yeah, he's got her head in the guy's lap, all right. Yahoo. (laughs) Give me the goddamn page! (laughs) (laughs) No, but after he says the Yahoo part, he just 
you know, pedal to the metal, you can hear the engine of the suburban. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's just kind of gives a little shake of his head, like, ah, ah. <laughs> I remember some great fucking movie. I think I remember seeing that movie when I was 10 years old and going, huh? At the part where Bill Paxton goes, ass like a 10-year-old boy. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> Is that what guys are into? My ass? <laughs> you were 10. That's great. <laughs> Older a men want my boy. ass? <laughs> a 10-year-old boy just with a quirk of the, a quirk of the head. Just like a, huh? <laughs> I just imagine look, Arnold Schwarzenegger raping me. Go look at your ass in the mirror. Why? Yeah. pair of titties make you want to beg for buttermilk (laughs) ass like a 10 year old boy (laughs) (laughs) just jams his face in the steering wheel okay let's wrap this up real quick the simulation (laughs) it's great we love it but it gets uh, faltered when a random explosion on the ship happens, the simulation goes away. Jason realizes that he's been tricked. Or maybe he's just sad that there's no more sleeping bags to throw yeah. around. And uh, everyone except for Sergeant Brodsky makes it onto the little escape vessel and takes off right as the main Grendel ship completely explodes. And... For a second, we see Jason flying through the air from the explosion towards the window on the escape ship. And I would have been totally okay if he had made it, <laughs> crashed through, and finished the job. But Sergeant Brodsky comes out from the side, clips Jason, and the two of them fall into orbit around Earth 2, fall through the atmosphere. <laughs> I'm assuming that Uber Jason is okay and Brodsky has burnt away into nothing. Is Uber Jason okay? He's yeah. made out of that material. Right? Space age material. I imagine it can have, you know, maybe he's, the he's... organic part burnt away. No. Yeah. No, he's good to go. Don't even worry about it. He's got the regenerative abilities. It's fine. Yep. We have two nice, fresh, young, slutty little couple hanging out on Earth 2 by the lake. They see what they think is a falling star land in the They're lake. so romantic. They go it's and filmed so well. It is. It, 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 it like follows them as they walk up to the side of the lake, and they're watching it come down. Look, it fell into the lake. Let's go check it out. And then it, you know, kind of lifts past their heads. It's beautiful. Yep. It's we perfect. see Jason's Uber mask fall down to the bottom of the lake, and we're done. Leaves uh, room for a sequel, though. Yeah, it does. Jason starts over on Earth Two. Could you imagine that? Oh. Well, I no. think. I can't you know, imagine that. It did. I think the fact that it ended there is what makes that a cool scene. If it had actually continued with a sequel, it would ruin that ending. Uh, yeah, most likely. A good movie could have been made a sequel to this, but I doubt that no, anybody would have cared. No, it couldn't have. Shut your face. God. It's I, enough I could goddamn it. Jason. It's the same shit. Lake, campers. It's funny because it ends that way. Not because fuck off. He couldn't. He couldn't make another movie of this fucking shit. I could, but no one did, and that's and I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. <laughs> I could, but no one did. Fuck yourself.
And but <laughs> this was such people. The movie didn't do so great, but the literary world did like this storyline for Jason. So this continued into a very successful uh, novel series based on Jason X. So there's a graphic novel series. A of- novel. Oh, novel. Yeah. Not so, graphic. Not comic. Novel. And there are five of them, starting with this movie being the first book in the series, and then four more, eventually leading in Jason from the past having a fight with Jason from the future, which Nathan brought up from the last episode that he thought this movie was going to be about, and he was unknowingly correct that that plot line does exist somewhere in the world. So wait, on Earth 2, there's a time machine? I don't know. I didn't read the books. <laughs> I don't know how it pans out. I just caught it reading something on the internet and was like, oh, shit, I might have to get all those books, actually. Oh, God. If you read those books, I don't know. I don't know if we can still consider each other family. No, I'll just take random clips of you guys making noises and being uncomfortable and getting angry about stuff. And then I'll just do an entire podcast where I just talk to myself about those books for an hour and a half and then just add you guys in. Little banner shows up on the nice. 100 Lunatics website. It says, Cole's Notes for the Jason Novel Series. Get them today. <laughs> Cole's Notes? Where'd you get those? You didn't fucking make them. You made them. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, I've No, I foresee after we get things settled with the wheel and we change the website up a little bit, I see a definite fan fiction section opening up. All written by me. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. Do you want to tease people about the wheel a little bit? Uh, Hey, we didn't stab anybody. We didn't stab. We we totally forgot to stab. I feel like, yeah. Boobathin? Boobathin, would you like to stab? No, there's way too many. (laughs) There's... The sex one's easy. They bring out the forceps and get down to business. They also grade each other, apparently, and they pass their tests. Yeah. What's T again? <laughs> yeah. Tits. Tits. Oh, yeah, there are some tits. Some without nipples. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also more tits on the internet of all of the actresses that are in this movie. They've all shown their boobs at some point. What's your body count? So you wanted to include those four virtual reality deaths, which is nonsense. So I guess the actual count is 16. No, uh, my body count is about 1.7 billion. But I haven't really finished counting up the nanotech bots. So (laughs) You're counting bots now? You're counting holograms and bots. That's that's outrageous. The sacrifice that the bots made in quaking in the fear of Jason's presence. No, that's outrageous. I'd be willing to accept an argument for all the deaths on Solaris. Okay, so you're going to say over under 33 is okay? Uh, it's 16. <laughs> <laughs> or if you want to include Solaris, the over under is 55,000? I don't know. Is it only 16? Because we did have seven people die at the very beginning. Yeah, but I only counted two of those... I'm going to say the death count is 2,456. That's good. It's only off by about 2,440. <laughs> yeah, I took a very careful count. That was everyone that was definitely dead or uh, could be made it a, a very good argument for. Everybody else, I didn't count. 
So the internet claims 28 or some ridiculous nonsense as being the highest body count. That's not true at all. I think we can assume that based on the enjoyment that we saw Jason have in the hologram um, holodeck, I think um, that he probably spent more time in there than we were privy to. And he probably killed a lot more holograms, which is still considered an effort kill. So there's probably a lot more deaths there. What what if they had just like tried to exhaust Jason? Like they just ran. Could you imagine that they ran this a, program endlessly. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> That's an awesome. As idea. soon as he finishes, five or six girls, five or six more show up, and after a while, he starts to get really like <sighs> <sighs> just just surrounded by campers fornicating everywhere he looks, He's smoking weed, and just like. <laughs> Tapping him on the shoulder, asking him if he wants a hit. at him and getting into sleeping bags and like, come on, Jason, over here. <laughs> yep. Come on. And they keep calling him from different directions and he just has an overload and he can't take it and he kills himself. Like, oh, oh. He, he starts spinning in circles. It's just close-up faces of kids kissing and smoking pot and <laughs> slurping on beer. Wave after wave of skinny dippers coming out of the lake. Yes. <laughs> when, he, when he kills one, they turn into two. <laughs> Oh my god, that'd be awesome! They all turn into those little Russian dolls. <laughs> That's what they should have done. Oh god, can he's, you imagine? He's too that? smart for that, though. He sees them, right? Like he's in a hologram world and he sees them yeah. somehow. Well, yeah, because only because there's an explosion, right? But he would have been there forever if that part of the hull didn't explode. Well, then I say that would have been an awesome way to defeat Jason. One of the only true ways, actually. Just truly think. trick his mongoloid mind? Yeah. Just forever? But maybe you don't. Maybe he's just, like, standing on top of a gigantic pile of dead corpses. Mm. Like a huge, like, World War Z, you know, all the... That scene from the preview where they all, they're all scrambling up the wall on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Except it's just, like, a huge mountain of corpses, and he's just standing on top with his machete exhausted out of breath the last few alive Ready at the top he can barely even penetrate their skin because he's not even swiping that hard anymore <laughs> well, i think the only sequel ground left to tread is bride of jason right what the fuck <laughs> hey we could make it more modern husband of freddy right there's a female mongoloid killer out there. They cross paths. Uh, they try good. to kill each other and they can't. So they eventually fall in love. Jason meets the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yes. Yeah. She well, does have to be, be waterborne. It. That would be it. It would be more crossovers. Not just Freddy versus Jason, but, you know, Jason and Michael at Christmas or something. Yes. I, I tweeted about the, that I wish they had made Freddy and Jason instead of Freddy versus Jason. Mm-hmm. Wow, that would have been a great team. Team up against people. Yeah, that would have been really good. Yeah. Yeah, what's up with this versus shit? Like eh. Alien versus Predator? Like, why not aliens and Predators? Yeah. Yep. But there we go. Jason X. We have finished off the entire Jason franchise proper. Did we ever think we would <sighs> make it to this point? No, I thought Honestly, we would, all would have gotten frustrated and quit by this time. Yeah, no. If you if you had stopped, Daniel, <laughs> yeah. you're you're the driving energy here, man. I'm as surprised as everyone because I usually duck you. out on shit pretty quick. <laughs> so 
<laughs> it's because you have a love and a passion for horror movies that just won't die. Time alone will tell. My love for you will never end, although I know that you must go. Ready? I was born ready. All right. Can I can I try and do it? Hi everybody. Welcome to 100 Lunatics. I'm your host Daniel, and this is the podcast where we uh, look at horror from birth to death. It was a good try. Fair enough. Good try. But this is how it goes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome <laughs> to 100 Lunatics. Fuck off, you guys. <laughs> Quit getting hung up on the year. I'm talking about hockey. <laughs> and with Jason being who he is, can we call Jason X his Special Olympics? Can we get like an Can we get like a, an in sync ooh ah when I do that? Ooh, Come on, Jonathan. Ah, Jonathan is yeah. looking at tits. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did call the wrong person booba. <laughs> I just told you I would be Joe Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like unnippled breasts. Maybe you've seen Jason X. Can I just interrupt here for a minute? Yeah. Do you think in pairs figure skating that if... (laughs) Hey, Boobathon, pay attention. Let's put the virtual reality deaths aside for the time being. No. Let's have a separate... putting them anywhere. They're They're in the count. Nathan, I want you to think back to Back to the Future... I want you to not mention Back to the Future on a horror movie podcast. It's blasphemy. You've you, done it you've done a hundred times. <laughs> yeah. When I bring it up, it's paying it tribute and respect. Okay, Nathan, we'll put those deaths aside for the time being. No, Think to no. Back to the Future when there's like a separate don't, timeline. Don't, don't your your death count's like the separate timeline. Don't bring up the alternate timeline from Back to the Future 2 to sucker me in to letting you put viable deaths off to the side. It's bullshit. I won't accept it. I won't stand for it. I got a little dick. It's pathetic.